0: Welcome to our Triune Pod, a very special episode. Ben, how are you, man? I'm good, dude. I'm excited for
1: our last hurrah for the colics. Can you believe that we did it? We made it. I mean, yeah, when we started this, I was wondering how many episodes you were going to make. So it is no small miracle that we've continued and that we're going to go further. Yes, that's true. Okay, so listeners, yeah, just to
0: answer all the questions that you've been asking. So yes, we the original idea for this podcast was to do a short reflection on the collect of the day. There are 52 of them. This is number 52. And so we are now done. We're out of ideas. Um, and what we're going to do, starting in three weeks, is offer likewise pithy, edifying, devotional, irreverent reflections on the appointed psalm for the week in Anglican Episcopal churches. Right, Ben? Is that correct? I a great idea.
1: Right, let's okay. keep the devotionals coming.
0: Yeah. I think the idea is there's a lot of lectionary podcasts out there where people reflect on the readings of the week. A lot of them are very good. We're not going to be able to do better than that. And the world doesn't false. need more. Um, what's up? <laughs> I said false. We could, but oh, I mean, yeah. we're going to, you know,
1: we don't want to steal all their listeners. It's true. Just, but it being Christ-like. <laughs> yeah
0: but a lot of the a lot of them don't include the psalm of the, the psalm appointed for sunday and because the psalms are a little bit more of a devotional thing than like this is what this passage means i think it would be cool and keep more in our wheelhouse to do the psalms but ben for our unrelated this week it will be related uh what have you learned about the prayer book about the colics themselves um about your about the lord jesus christ what is the uh, 52 episodes of our triumph pod or less 55 or something probably what is that what have you learned over the last year
1: Yeah. I mean, many things, but nobody wants me to go on about those forever. I think the one thing that's really stood out, and if you've been listening to us for any length of time, we've talked about this over and over, but in the prayers, we are praying for things that we do not have. And I've had to remind myself of that because sometimes you read the prayers and there is kind of this, like we're running toward our Lord Jesus Christ. We want to seize these good things he has in store. There's even times, even at times, like almost perfection language. And I think early on that kind of intimidated me like, oh man, do I, do I believe this stuff? I'm pretty like Lutheran. Like, am I, I might be a little bit of an antinomian, but I think what's been really helpful in praying these over and over week after week is the reason we're praying for these good things is because we don't have them. We want to want them as we pray them, or hopefully we do. And, and I think that's been really helpful. So we're praying these because we do not have them. And two, and what's connected to that is what I think I was afraid of, is that there's also a lot of expectation in the colics. So yes, we don't have this and we're praying for it, but there will be a day when we do, and we're going to experience inbreakings in this life of moments when we actually find ourselves Loving, actually altruistic, even if it's just once or twice a year. Um, So, I guess those two things just you can relax when you read the Colics and you're like, oh gosh, I'm so far from that. But the reason we're praying for it is because obviously you don't have it. And two, this great hope that our Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Spirit, is going to birth these realities in us. What about you, Nick?
0: That's good, man. What have I learned? I mean, I think what has really jumped out to me, and it's a point I've made on you know probably every fifth episode, uh, but it's the the idea that what the you can learn a lot about what the prayer book assumes of human nature by what we ask for in this. I didn't put that very well, but the idea is like the tacit in the request is an admission of weakness, right? And so like, I just was looking through the prayer book earlier before we started recording to find an example of this, like the Colic for Proper Five, which is the Sunday closest to June 8th, we say, Oh God, from whom all good proceeds, grant that by your inspiration, we may think those things that are right. And by your merciful guiding may do them. I think the assumption in that prayer is that apart from God's inspiration, we do not think things that are right. And apart from God's merciful guiding, we do not do the things that are right. And so it just anchors what you would technically call like the low anthropology in of the prayer book or of reformed Christianity, you know, as it is immortalized in the book of common prayer, such that like, yeah, left to ourselves, apart from the inbreaking of God, God's spirit, we are in a difficult place. And I think that was reinforced to me as I really like dug into these prayers and thought about how they can be devotionally read and discussed.
1: Yeah, I feel like we said pretty much the same thing in different ways. <laughs> I no,
0: I mean kind of. I think I <laughs> I guess I said the negative thing and you said the positive
1: thing. But Fair yeah. Fair that's so true. we've been doing this so long listeners that we're like a married couple we like we say and think and look the same at this point <laughs> <laughs> that's true all right um so Sorry, Meg.
0: without without further ado the colleague i don't think we said the same thing but maybe i just wasn't paying enough attention to you because i was just getting ready to say what <laughs> like i wanted he to say never does <laughs> no that's not that's true not that's true. true at all uh yeah. all right uh proper 24 this is for the sunday closest to october 19th and this is the prayer Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among all nations. Preserve the works of your mercy, that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever.
1: Amen. All right, so after a very simple collect like last week, we've got quite the uh, meaty one here. So let's just begin at the beginning. We say that in Christ, God has revealed his glory among the nations. I think there are multiple possible meanings here, but the first one I want to focus on is the one that I think is less obvious. It's interesting. We pray in Christ, God has revealed his glory among the nations. So it's not in a mountaintop experience, it's not, uh, I mean, somebody might bring up Karl Barth here, his uh, his nine to Brunner about not natural theology. It's it's not in observing beautiful things that God has been revealed, but it is in Christ that his glory has been revealed among the nations. This colleague seems to suggest that the nations were completely in the dark before Christ was proclaimed to them. Now, I don't want to do too much work with that. I, I don't even know if I'm like anti-natural revelation. And I'm not even sure that's all that this collect is hinting at, but it is, I think, maybe a part of it. In Christ, God's glory has been revealed among the nations. The more obvious thing, I think, is, you know, the what we read in the scriptures about, you know, every you know, through Christ, uh, the gospel, the good news, the revelation of God's character has been revealed not just to Israel, not just the people of God, but to every tribe, tongue, and nation. And all of this, obviously, is in our Lord Jesus. So on some level, I do think that this first part of the collect is focusing on that scandal of the particular. It really is in Christ that salvation is revealed to all. You got anything on that?
0: Uh, I mean, not so much about the scandal, of the particular, as much as it just like the yeah, I mean, the the empirical fact that there are people literally in every nation, every people group on earth who worship this Mediterranean peasant who has supposedly came back to life, you know, that's just an extraordinary, extraordinary, like reality that we don't, you know, it's easy to take for granted. I mean, you know, you could, that's not, I don't, I don't think, there's certainly not, and it's like a Tim Keller point, like, you know. Islam and Judaism are monotheistic religions that are have kind of at least Islam definitely a missionary impulse. But there is a, um, there is a geographic cultural center to the nation the the islam that does not change you know it is centered in mecca and in the the middle east what we say now um but that's not true of christianity right it has like this fluid dynamism and it is a truly global phenomenon i remember i remember this is gonna it's kind of related i in this like evangelical kind of youth group that i was a part of um as a late teen there was like a very very intense very prayerful and people would pray all the time like God, send me to the nations. Like, I want to go to the nations, just like it says in your word. And I remember like one of the creators, like, do you realize that like, from the Bible's perspective, like we are the nations, <laughs> like, cause we are so far from what God originally was up to in the world. And it just kind of actually kind of changed my perspective on that a little bit. It's like, oh yeah, we're not at the center of this story. Jesus is, and we are a uh, our faith in him is a testament to this great gathering from all peoples that has indeed taken place through the work of Christ and the pouring out of the spirit. So I would say indeed in Christ, God has revealed
1: his glory among the nations. Yeah. And I think, I mean, maybe this is what they told us in college and it's true. Just, I mean, maybe maybe Peter Lightheart would disagree, but you're not going to find the cross by looking at the beauty of the earth. You're not, I mean, through, we need revealed religion in Christ to know who God is and God's fullness. But that's all I want to say on that. But the real part meat of this prayer is our ask, right? We're asking God to preserve the works of his mercy, that the church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith. And what I think is really going on there is we're saying, and this is kind of what we hinted at at the beginning in our not so unrelated, um, we'll persevere if you preserve us. Does that make sense? Like yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're saying, you know, we want to have steadfast faith in the holy confession of your name, but we're asking for you to preserve us so that we can. It's not like we just can muster that up, like help us make it happen, um, which I, I've always found in these colleagues, we'll see collect after collect kind of like that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Lord, we, we desire this great thing Uh, And if you just see that great thing and measure that up against where you're at, that can be pretty intimidating. But we're boldly yearning for that great thing because our Lord can do it. Our Lord will preserve us.
0: Yeah, that's good. I I do think you might have, uh, you might, I don't want to jump in in front of you, but like, yeah, I do. I love that that word mercy as this kind of uh, sign of hope in the prayer. Like, you know, no one says, preserve the works of your sovereignty or preserve the works of your providence or preserve the works of your judgment or your righteous rage or your jealousy. It's like, no Lord, preserve the works of your mercy. My only hope in this whole thing is your undeserved kindness towards suffering people, you know, preserve the works of your mercy. Um, that's, you know, there's lots of other, uh, what is mercy? Is that an adjective? Is that a noun? I don't, I don't know, but there's lots of words you could imagine being theologically appropriate there, but pastorally and in turn
1: experientially, everything hinges on God preserving the works of his mercy. Yeah, which I mean, I think might actually connect this entire prayer. Maybe we can have the world's shortest pod here. But um, (laughs) So if Caesar's glory is revealed in might and in power, uh, again, yeah, Christ reveals his glory among the nations via mercy. And Caesar and his kingdom's, which seemed all-powerful at the time, are long gone. And this crucified, humiliated Messiah, whose glory is revealed in mercy, has lived on and has spread all over the globe. So once again, connecting us to previous episodes about upside-down power, what God's power looks like versus others. but. Yeah. You know, it's pretty, pretty fun, Kyle. Like, pretty all right. You got anything else? (laughs)
0: Uh, I mean, I think there is, like, something, there is something, like, interesting about we, I mean, the the word choice, um, persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. I think that is, like, a delightfully modest ambition. You know, like, um, it's not that that your church throughout the world may be spiritually formed so as to be the sign of hope and mercy in our broken world. Or like, you know, it's just, it's, it's kind of passive, Mm -hmm. like persevere Mm, with steadfast faith. And I think what that hints at is like, yeah, kind of the biblical, the, the biblical vision of Christian living has much more to do with like, man, I'm just keeping my head down and, rejoicing in the savior's mercy to me as opposed to like I am trying to change the world for Jesus Christ you know which is very much like the kind of the 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 grammar of a lot of like piety in the worlds that I'm in at least but I think this like who talks like that and like, I'm just I just want to persevere in my confession yeah, no one. that's okay. so good that, yeah. that
1: does that brings up again that I mean we've talked about this before but the you know sometimes we're so hard on people who are like soon I'm gonna be done with the troubles of this world those kind of praise and worship songs that are essentially kind of like this world is going to hell in a handbasket and lord i just want to be with you yeah and understandably so (laughs) we, we we come down on those a bit i mean creation care matters yada yada all that good stuff. It, it, it doesn't really And yet. Uh,
0: yeah. When you, <laughs> thanks, when you thanks, said, when, when you said uh, I only want to be with you, I just heard uh, Darius Rucker, Hootie and the Blowfish. Uh, <laughs> that was like, that was an early, early episode. That
1: was, coming full circle. Friends, full circle. I mean, you're welcome. This might be a best of, who knows?
0: No, I really <laughs> think too, I mean, now that we're on this little rabbit trail around Persevere, like um, that is a great, that is a great question to ask people when they're visiting church. Like that's a great question for people to ask as they're visiting churches is this church going to help me persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name? Not like, is this church going to help me, you know, change the world for Jesus Christ? Or is this church going to help me like become spiritually fit? Like yuck. Is this church going to help me? You know, there's lots of things that our churches are trying to do, but in their prayer book, it's like, we want God to preserve the works of his mercy So that the church and the you know so us like ministers of the gospel would help people preserve that we would uh, persevere, but also that we would just people would just persevere with steadfast faith. Like that's all that we're trying to do, man. And if you're um, listening to this pod, like that's that's what your pastor should be helping you do. Just persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of um, God's name.
1: All right. Well, let's let the collective the final word. All right. Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy, that your church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
0: So Ben, now that no one's going to be listening to this anymore, should we tell them what we're going to do these next couple of weeks?
1: Or, no, nah, this ought to be a surprise. How about that episode of our Triune Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast.